0: I said I was interested in food and my mum said there's a little, uh, or there was a Michelin style restaurant. She went to speak to the head chef and she said, my daughter's convinced she wants to be a chef. I want you to put her off. So I went and did two weeks work experience, absolutely loved it. Sitting at a counter table at the restaurant Fallow,
1: almost able to lick the plates as they arrived in the pass, is where I first saw Anna Williams. She was in service mode, focused and agile magnetic to watch at work. We were in the buzz of it. When I first started my podcast, Gentrification, I was nervous to reach out to her, but she's exactly the kind of person I wanted to hear talk about
0: hospitality during the early stages of my career. You're not just a waiter, you know, you're someone that's probably knows how to do first stage, you're someone who knows how to handle pressure, you're able to think on your feet and, you know, able to think of last minute, like, okay, that's not possible, let's change this. In the kitchen, you're basically like a plumber, an engineer, um, a little bit of a therapist, you know, all these kind of things. (laughs) Very systematic, but also caring about her team. She's recently
1: set up a new hospitality consultancy company called Preserve, teaching companies and restaurants all the systems and managerial methods to create a positive and consistent
0: working environment to achieve success. We all know that we're an industry that struggles with retention, but then if there's so much focus on food and then by the time you get on the top, there's actually not that much focus on leadership, it's, it's lost. Incredibly knowledgeable, having completed eight years at Heston
1: Blumenthal's dinner, she was able to balance her sous chef position at Fallow whilst
0: also running its pastry section. I couldn't believe how creative she was. We would cook down and make a mushroom stock and then add that in the stock. And when we made a dry caramel, we set that into a gel, but a really intense flavor with a chocolate mousse salted caramel. And then these fresh mushrooms on top, mushroom powder from the other mushrooms that we had dried and then serve with a truffle ice cream. If you want to feel inspired to follow a career in hospitality, let's go
1: meet Anna. I'm Stella. And today, I'm not going to take you out for dinner. I'm going to take you behind the scenes of restaurant service. I'm here with Anna Williams, who I know used to be the head pastry chef at Fallow because I remember going to Fallow, sitting down with me and my mum at the counter table and just looking around at everyone and thinking, she really knows what she's doing. She really knows. (laughs) And she's I feel like she's a bit of a boss in the kitchen, which I liked because I feel like lots of chefs are men.
0: Yes, very true. Well, thank you for having me. It's (laughs) a pleasure to be here and talk to you today. Um, But yeah, I pretty much do know how to boss around the the kitchen. (laughs) Do you want to tell me, I have no idea, how did you
1: start in the kitchen? What made you want to go into this?
0: So I started quite young, to be honest. Um, I said I was interested in food, and my mum said, "Well, you don't help enough." So uh, she actually went to go and speak to a restaurant that was in where I live, Kew Gardens. There's a little, uh, or there was, a Michelin star restaurant. She went to speak to the head chef, and she said, "My daughter's convinced she wants to be a chef. I want you to put her off." And so I went and did two weeks' work experience. Absolutely loved it, and got a Saturday job working there, and continue to work there from 15 to about 19 through school, a bit of uni and um, also I went on a gap year and so from that I then progressed. I did a little bit of, we didn't have in sixth form, we didn't have the chance to be able to do food technology so my school gave me the opportunity to do apprenticeships. So I actually worked at the Millennium on a Tuesday, the Glasshouse on a Sunday and then went to school in between uh, so did that for a year and then focused a bit more on A-levels final year, had a YACP year, same, I did a little bit more cooking throughout, and then went and did Culinary Arts Management in Birmingham. And so it's kind of 50% cooking and 50% management. You do first year is just getting everybody to a similar level of cooking, and then you go and do a placement year. So I went to America and worked in a country club, and you rotate around the section, and that's kind of your first experience of being... And a full employee all year round, nothing else going on. You come back from that and there's a few people just doing foundation, so you do a few courses, you do events planning with other um, people doing other management in hospitality, so a lot of front of house courses. They run the front of house, you run the kitchen, you do the menu, you do sell all the tickets, we have a restaurant there and things like that. Um, so yeah, it gave you a huge exposure and a lot of responsibility in doing everything involved in either restaurant or an event, things like that. And then final year you focus a bit more on small business management and management and leadership. So left there, home is London, everybody was moving to London. I was like, if I move to London I'm gonna be with my parents. So I was like, I'll move as far away as possible. <laughs> um so had the opportunity to move to Geneva to start working with a Mandarin. So moved over there, went into their French restaurant and Yeah, I mean, I don't speak French. (laughs) I learned quite quickly that I really don't know much French and stayed in the French restaurant for about six months and then was moved to... They have an Indian michelin star restaurant there. And so I was moved over, and it was the first time that they had, had, firstly, an international person in the kitchen and ever had a woman in the kitchen. And so the guys kind of took me under their wing, and, you know, they were all from all over India and most of them were teaching me how to make things that their mum had taught them and so really amazing experience and stayed in Geneva for three years and then transferred back with Mandarin and worked in uh, dinner so went for my job interview and like I've always been you do a little bit of pastry throughout um, but I've always generally been in the kitchen and so I had gone for a stage and got on really well with the head pastry chef Daniel Svensson and so contacted him and said, look, I'm keen to come back to London. Would there be an opportunity? He put my CV forward. And of course, because it came from them, they thought it was pastry. So I went for my trial and they put me into pastry. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not a pastry chef. I don't know. Like, I've done a bit, you know, my sugar and chocolate classes. I don't think we'll really prevail for two michelin in a restaurant. And uh, they were like, well, you can stay here. You can see it or you can go into the kitchen. And at the time, dinner had about 50 chefs 40 of those were in the kitchen and 11 of them were in pastry. So, quite a large operation. Didn't
1: realize it was so big. Yeah,
0: huge operation. And I was like, to be honest, it's the first time doing this level. And the main bit about my stage had been that I loved working with Daniel. And I was like, if I start off in a two mission style, maybe being in a team of 11 might be a little bit more of a supportive network to start up in. And so, stepped down, obviously, because I didn't know much. Pastry at that time and then within like three years sort of worked myself up to Sous Chef and yeah, ended up being there for eight years um, left to do a little bit of development for us moving to Dubai and then came back and was head pastry chef when Daniel left and then I had, to, there was a little, there was the hope of moving to Dubai but certain things kind of prevented me making that final decision and so an opportunity came up with the boys at Fallow, I had worked with them at dinner and they had three months to go until they were opening in St. James's Market so I said I'm free and available and we had a chat and I said I just don't want to be in pastry because I had learned applying to jobs you're very much narrowed into pastry, head pastry and then there's no progression from it. I said I'd like to get back into the kitchen, I'll do the pastry as well but like to be more a lead on the past with you guys, so went in as a senior sous chef, but also ended up doing head waiter chef um, until yeah we hired someone about probably like a year ago now, um, but yeah was very much running both roles there, and yeah we did opening in November was a huge success and. Yeah, we really just went from strength to strength. It's an amazing restaurant. You know, you, you walk in the door and you feel a buzz from it. And it's the first open kitchen I've worked in. We were in, pastry was in the back in dinner. And so it was, yeah, it was lovely to finally be upstairs, out in all the action. And, yes, yeah, so busy. You're just go, go, go. And it's an amazing drive that you have and a buzz when that ticket machine doesn't stop. And, yeah, we were doing... 600 covers a day. By the time I left, they're doing more now and it was just, you just got into it and it's an amazing team. Communication is key there and all these kind of things. But for me, the biggest thing has been watching other chefs progress and we give them a lot of tools I think it's critical to give them tools to be able to manage people and you know there there was like multiple sections there are quite a few chefs on each section so it's really important to start to get them to understand about working as a team and not just you're an individual in service and you crack down and do your thing it's actually how we all work together and so from that started to kind of get recognised a little bit more for my leadership and management um, which was Yeah, where my passion, I think, has kind of come more in that direction. And so I decided to take a little bit of a leap of faith and leave earlier this year and set up my own kitchen consultancy company called Preserve. And the idea is anything pre-service, so it's anything to help maintain staff assistance and standards, whether it's going into a new... Um, restaurant or establishment that's opening and helping them with the soft launch and all of those things prior to that a bit like what I did when I initially joined Fallow or joining an existing place and looking at any systems that we can put into place to try and help day-to-day running and then team management and gradually a little bit more focus I want to be on um, more coaching and leadership training with senior chefs you know you can be an amazing chef on a line and then you'll be moved up and you'll move into a sous chef role or even a head chef, depending on the structure of the organization, and you don't actually have the skills to be able to lead and manage a team. Mm. And then you see a lot of shift in staff turnover, all those kind of things and so they they end up costing a company money in recruitment and all these kind of things. And like we all know that we're an industry that struggles with retention. But then if there's so much focus on food and then by the time you get on the top, there's actually not that much focus on leadership, it's, it's lost and then they struggle, it's not nice being in that position and not being able to manage your team and you know, it takes a lot to get respect of a team and then you're in this position and you're not confident, confident in what you're actually doing. You can tell quite quickly, because service can go quite badly, you can have someone that you're not able to be able to communicate with or be able to get the best out of them. And every single person is so different, and everyone's generally running on a little less sleep. You know, Emotions run high in those kind of situations, Mm. so you need to be able to find a way to be very much level-headed and handle the stress that you have day to day. Um, So if I can impart that on anyone. I would love to and you know I've seen a lot of people that I've worked with and progress and move up and for me that's the most rewarding thing like I still love cooking but I want to see a little bit more um, structure and support in restaurants and hotels so yeah that's where I'm pretty much at now. God that's an intense timeline. (laughs) You definitely fit, you fit a lot in to a short
1: period of time I feel like you decided the career path you wanted to do and you went all guns blazing.
0: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I'm glad now I've seen there's another way that I can do it to still be involved, but not necessarily in the kitchen, Mm. you know, 16 hours a day. Um, Because I think I surround myself with young people, but I definitely (laughs) am getting older. (laughs) And I've been in it, so yeah, you say cram it in, but yeah, I've been in the industry now for like 15, 17 years. Um, So yeah, it's a really good time to change and have a little bit more balance and yeah pick and choose which bits i'm going to do and which bits interest me for what i want preserve to be doing as well definitely what do you think from your experience
1: being under someone managing you what do you think is the best approach to managing your team and have you seen that in one of the restaurants that you've worked in did someone really inspire you
0: as a yeah. manager. There's been a few people throughout my career I think have probably learned more from really hard leadership and that I, I don't want to repeat that cycle. There's often a lot of you know I w- well I was taught this way so I'm going to do it to someone else. Well you, did you like it? <laughs> no. Why are we then continuing it? So it's more like breaking that habit of You know, someone really made you feel quite uncomfortable or didn't give you the time to be able to speak up and say what you thought. Um, Honestly, most of it is being heard, and you know, it doesn't necessarily mean what you're saying is all the time that's what needs to go, but someone just being like, what is it like tell me what it is okay fine let's look at it and let's figure out instead of like no this is the way it's done and that's always how it's done um, which happens a lot you know we're busy there's a system that's put in place and someone's like that's it That's it's done that for five years and it's going to carry mm. on doing that well we've evolved things happen you know technology moves faster than we can keep up with and there's a lot more things now that we're able to help your users tools to be able to help us not spend so much time you know writing a rotor for example on an excel spreadsheet i was about to say that it's it's backwards we, you know there's so many different companies that do it and you know it works out hours per day shifts when they need breaks all these kind of things you can also then switch it round everyone is able to have access to it on their phone. You don't need to print it off, like tiny, tiny thing to change. But we're very much like, well, that's the way we've done it. So that's where we're going to keep on doing it. Um, and it's to have that mindset of actually hearing what someone else has. It doesn't mean you're going to go with that, but someone might want, you know, and has happened very often that being like, oh, actually, that's a good idea. So not being like stuck in our ways helps a lot. And yeah, being being heard, being seen, you know, you want to come in and not feel like you're just going in and you're a robot and it's continual, it is, it's repetition and with that comes great skill, you know, every, I was in pastry and dinner for eight years, I can't tell you how many pineapples I have carved. Um, and. But then it's every day being like, right, I'm going to do this a bit faster. I'm going to make sure that you know I don't stick the core out in the side and then you've got a hole coming out in random angles. It's about finding a way to, from every job you have, have the passion and have a little bit more care and attention that gradually gives you speed and efficiency and also being able to impart what you've learnt from your training or doing the job onto someone else and being able to say that in a manner that you know is heard and listened and understood instead of like, yeah, just do it like that, walk off and come and they've done it wrong. Well, you didn't, probably didn't give them the time to be able to understand what you're doing or explain it properly. And now it's come at a cost of their time, your time explaining again and also the product. Um, so yeah, I'd say there's, there's few things, but it's been multiple people over my years that have kind of inspired what I do.
1: Did you feel inspired when you went to your university course? I've had multiple people tell me that I've had very different sides of the coin. I've had some people say that it was really useful and really helpful. And some people feel that when they actually went into the workplace, they didn't feel prepared. But maybe the fact that you did management next to it was the thing that was different.
0: Yeah, I I think the management has probably in the last like seven, eight years... Been one of the things that's made it easier for me to step up, especially into more senior positions, because you don't have those training, aren't necessarily coming from those that are running kitchens, because they're learning as well on the job. So that was something really, really good and strong to fall back on. And then, in terms of practical side, yeah, we worked in the industry for a year. So, you know, we were taken under the wing a bit more than you might have been put into another kitchen, but you technically had been working throughout Um, I wouldn't change going to uni you know there's not many chefs that have gone to university to do it but it gave the opportunity to see a little bit more and understand the industry and also have a really like clear slate on techniques you know principles used all those kind of things then how it can be transformed into product development and or you know there's so many different ways you can go now in hospitality or with food most of us started that degree saying i want my own restaurant and i want a michelin star five of us worked in a restaurant when we left (laughs) after four years and i think there was two of us that are still in kitchens so you know that shows it kind of it deterred people in terms of like going straight into kitchens because they were shown different avenues and your product development there's huge huge amount of changing industries and you don't think about it, but every company has their own core team, and they're, they're you know traveling around the world finding new products and those kind of things. I was never really exposed to it. Was I really like food and I like cooking? Right, go into a kitchen and actually something like that shone on how many different roles that you could do outside of that. Um, for me, I still I loved service, and I didn't want to lose that, and that was probably the main reason that I stuck at it and. Yeah, just, but yeah, like I said, the management style has come in and I think that set me apart moving further up in terms of a little bit more um, knowledge and understanding of what it is that I need to progress. And yeah, I've learned a lot being in it, but I had a little bit more foundation to be able to excel with it for
1: me, as someone who's a bit of a baby in the industry, could could you explain what some of the other
0: avenues are? Because I don't even know. So, in, think of everywhere there's food. So, in a food magazine there will be a food stylist, there will be someone that's making that food in-house, then they will also have a core team of development people, you know. All the, Jamie Oliver, they've got their development team that do just the magazine and the food, then they also have a team that's doing the photo shoots that so even just in one company that's around food there's and then he has restaurants that mm-hmm. has chefs and so people like that there's multiple chefs like that that have loads of different establishments but actually in very different formats and then yeah product development like Sainsbury's Tesco's Aldi Lidl they all have a food development team and then you can be from that you can be in technical you can be in scoping new products there's a huge, huge range just in you thinking, right, well, Tesco put it on their shelf. No, actually, someone went out. They went to find out where they could get that product from, so they might travel abroad to try and find that. They look at trends. They try and figure out what will be new or what other competitors have, so they have a team that's doing that. And then they have the people that are working on supply chain. Then when you make a new product, you have people that are looking into technical. And then you have the people that are in the kitchen actually making the food that someone will say, right, this is the idea that we've got from having researched it. And now what do you think you can do with it that fits in with what we do as a company and the products and the suppliers that we have? So they're just in, they're not you going out for dinner, but they are you having, picking up food or seeing food and things like that. So yeah, and that's just tiny, tiny little bits of it. There's so many more, um, which yeah, you, I just thought, well, you just work in a restaurant. Mm. Um, And most of my friends from uni have gone into much more product development side um, and yeah, a lot of YouTube videos so yeah there's yes so many so many different places that you can look now Um, I think the important thing is seeing what it is that you like and you know even restaurants to hotels are very different it's a very different way of working Um, how is it different well so restaurants a bit more independent and so things might happen a little bit more ad hoc and you're able to implement things a little bit faster than you might have a, a lot more standards that and paths and people in a hotel that you've got to kind of manage those things differently. And I definitely saw that leaving dinner to go to Fallow. I'd been in a hotel well, ne- over eight years because I had also been gone straight into Mandarin in Geneva. And yeah, you're an individual restaurant within a hotel that has multiple other restaurants. So then you have an F&B director, all these kinds of things. Um, And then yeah, you're in a restaurant, it's very much in the morning, right, what have we got? Okay, figure this out, do that. It's not really another team around you. Mm. Um, So yeah, even just in our, on the, not high street, but you know, walking down the street, there's a very difference from a cocktail bar to those kind of food and that way of service to there is a, restaurant then in restaurants you've obviously got more casual dining fine dining and then hotels and things like that so even just day to day it's very different but there's so there's so much more out there but it's figuring out which bits you like and like I say I knew I loved service I knew I worked, loved working with a team individually and yeah seeing everybody progress through a kitchen and be able to promote them within and those kind of things was a huge huge reward from me Um, and that's the bit I didn't really want to lose and still don't want to you know my plan is with Preserve that I go in and I'm very much still in a kitchen and learning how they work and see and then trying to change some things to help it be a little bit smoother and faster for them that's really interesting because I feel
1: like I've gone straight from uni into the hospitality industry and my parents are really supportive but I often see my friends thinking why have you gone into this? Why have we gone into hospitality? Because I think from the sidelines, it can see as this thing that you did when you were maybe a teenager yeah. or maybe as a part-time job at uni, something just to get money. But I think that if we had... I, I'm not sure if your consultancy would be dealing with younger people, but also just letting younger people know all the different avenues that are yeah. actually in the industry. Because I just didn't know before.
0: Yeah, also, you know, you can be in a restaurant and you can go up all the way to general manager but you can then go into a hotel and you can be F&B director, you can, you know, lead on to hotel manager and things like that. So the progression path is huge and there's so many different opportunities and it's an industry that we're looking for more and more people to be invested in. There's certain things that I think we need to find a way to manage and not necessarily change like everyone is always going to want to eat out in the evening so we're not going to be closed Friday Saturdays so, you know it's it's going to be an antisocial in terms of that's what normal is you know Monday to Friday work and you're off the weekends well I absolutely love having a Tuesday Wednesday off and going into town and it being quiet and so quiet being able to do things <laughs> yeah like come like around Christmas time you're like just, you don't get bothered like it's absolutely yeah. fine and so I've I've lived that way and not been bothered by it. I think there's certain things that can be done that can help in terms of like rota being put up earlier and date requests and kind of going back onto like using actually a technology that helps you. You can, people in the team can put down on that, that they request it when you write a rota, you can see it. So it's none of this, oh, I didn't see your text or, you know, those kind of things and planning in holiday. and trying to encourage people to take holiday and book it in and sort it out through the year instead of everybody wants to take it in November, December when you can't. Like, that's Mm. reality of it. That's our busy time. That's, it's not, it's not a point that everybody can go away for two weeks. So there's ways to manage it as the actual company to be able to give the opportunities for the team to be able to see it's actually, you have, you have a little bit more, um, uh, like freedom in it, you know. You can plan. You can back to back your days off. You can have a couple of days off here with the other week, and so you can go away for four days. You can't do that on a Monday to Friday. You need to be in on Monday. Um, we obviously can't work from home, but there's other things that you have and the opportunity for it. And there's more and more restaurants or hotels, especially that are going into um, schools and colleges and trying to encourage and it is something that I would love to try and get involved with as well because it is an amazing progression and career path and like you say it's seen as something you go in and do casual waitresses but I mean if anyone comes later and has any stint in hospitality you know they're going to be they give you 200% because they're generally on their feet they're running around and you're not just a waiter you know you're someone that's probably knows how to do first stage you're someone who knows how to handle pressure you're able to think on your feet You're, you know able to think of last minute like okay that's not possible let's change this in the kitchen you're basically like a plumber an engineer um a little bit of a therapist you know all these <laughs> kind of things so it's not just one skill and so yeah I think for me it it's always been a place I will be for, for other people. It's seeing that actually it's not just doing a couple of hours waitressing. it's actually from that you're able to lead a team, have huge you know work, family around you that supports mm-hmm. each other and is through it and gets through service altogether. It's not you sat there at your desk dealing with these things alone. It's right, we're, what do we need to do? Okay, you, you, you you're going to go off and do that everyone else we're going to go there and then we're going to be done together and leave together. It's quite a unique thing that I don't think you could get from sitting behind a desk. I I could never see myself sitting behind a desk because of these certain things that I I look for in my day. Um, So yeah, I hope other people start to see it. But yeah, we've got to be a little bit more focused on showing that there is that freedom and the amazing team that you can work with are some of the best bits about the job that we do.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. And with your new company, what has your experience been so far? Cuz it's very recent
0: that you've just started properly working. Yeah, it, right. Yeah, very recent. Um so, yeah, got a couple coming up and yeah, it's been it's so interesting to go into new places and like I said before we're all kind of stuck in our ways a little bit and I'm not saying my answers are always the right way but it's really good to have a fresh pair of eyes come in and say okay have we tried it like this does it work like this Um, get people thinking yeah and then you know I try and help in a way I can and then they see if it works for them and we go from there but yeah no it's been it's been amazing to meet new people to travel a a little bit more with it as well and there's yeah a few more on the horizon but yeah it's very early days but very very exciting and how long do you think you'll spend well it's very different with consulting but how long do you think you'd spend with each company depending Um, how big it is I guess yeah depending how big it is at the moment I'm doing two generally like two weeks um and go and you spend a couple of days kind of seeing how they are operating and then start to implement things Spend a lot of time with the team, especially senior management, doing a little bit more management training with them, and then set up new structures. And then, if they need more time, it can always come back. Um, but yeah, at the moment, it's been more like two weeks. And yeah. Okay. And do you
1: work? You work with front and back of house.
0: Yes. Uh, generally speaking, most of them are through um, speaking with front of house people that can kind of see that the you know chefs just get get in and get grin and bear it and fight through it all and actually there's a few things that you need the time we talk a lot about food development but actually there's there's operational development and so that's what I'm trying to offer and yeah I think Front of House will focus on the operation side of it and then we'll see okay kitchen just cracked on opened and they're thugging out prepping all the veg and actually there's a few things that we need to kind of put in and you have to put the time in there's there's a lot of not stigma but there's a lot of you shouldn't be behind your computer you've got to be in the kitchen cooking well you can't do that without spending the time like making sure you've got the right suppliers you've got a system set up to like see how you're costing your dishes are you paying the right price for those things and that takes time and it you know it's all online so you do have to invest that into that and it's a huge struggle that you get in in the morning and you've got like three hours before service and so you're trying to do everything you can then then you go into service and you might have a little bit between lunch and dinner if you don't you're then trying to figure it out after dinner and it's like 11 p.m you've now done 10 hours really really going for it you can't get your head into sorting out something and figures and you know jumping straight into another thing you have to try and give that time to those staff both front and back of house to be able to do the administration thing there's no there's no negative on that that's part of your job and that time needs to be given and often it's not because we're so busy and we've got to run and we've got service but if you don't give that other things are going to be recognized later that they're not really in the right place and so my job is I want to come in and say okay it's probably a few few things that we could do I'll spend the time doing those so that you're still able to do service but want to do it that then they just become an easy, quick thing to do day to day. You don't have to set up the system for it. It's here now, but we're going to follow it. And so it should be a little bit easier for you to, you know, come in and someone can have an order sheet that's ready instead of going around and just trying to see what you miss. Well then, at midnight you realize you don't have any more of that because someone just looked in the fridge whereas Mm. if you have a list and you see it all and you can go down and check it's much you know you're speeding up that process in the morning and you're always going to forget things like like it's inevitable and so something as small as that is something you can put into place um So yeah, and then working as well with startups and um, being part of a task force, and then that's obviously a little bit longer, so do a month or six weeks prior to opening, and then during opening be there as well as something I wanna get involved in as well. So yeah, different things, very much like whatever um, comes my way and is of interest and covers like the scope that I want to be working with is at the moment what I'm jumping to do.
1: That's really interesting. I've just started working at a new place, but then I've also gone and jumped into somewhere that's a completely already running system, yeah. and then being one singular person going into that. And I definitely think that the approach to management is, has to be so different in that case. I found it quite tricky going in somewhere as one singular person and learning all the information. Yeah. There are th- some things that would be forgotten, and I, and I would be a bit stuck on and wouldn't know if I could ask oh I definitely would but I wouldn't know if people would be that kind about it that's quite an important thing thinking about one
0: person coming into a team and how to properly integrate them yeah Mm. definitely I mean it's one of those things where you're like right this is your section here's this like go and like say going straight into it you've got to start very much like okay this is even it's as simple as right set yourself up with a board and have a container that that's where the product that you're prepping goes and then another one for where the waste goes so that you can work Mm -hmm. in a system um and you just you turn around often you're like what what are you doing they're like oh i'm doing this you're like oh okay okay, right like reset start it over and yeah i i've been in kitchens where i didn't feel that i could ask anything and it was a feeling I never enjoyed, and so I will always make sure that if I see something being done, you know, they might still be getting the final product out, but if I think there's a way that I can help them, show them a little bit of a faster, smoother way to get to that end product being, you know, I mean, I literally can say system all the time, but it is, it's like you peel it, then you prep it, or it's instead of you like, you see someone peel it, then they prep it, and then they go back and they're doing a whole case of that it's not it's not going to be as efficient as like one person peeling another person can prep it or peel it one box and it's it's so silly it really is so, so silly but when you're talking about 5 10 15 kilo of something that you're doing that to it makes a big difference it's not just one for your lunch um, so it's recognizing like you say the new people in and being able to give them the time and the skills early on that. Bad traits can be picked up really quickly, and then you're like, Well, don't do it like this. And notoriously, everywhere I've worked, it is the hardest being new in, and everybody will be like, Well, I was told this by this person, and then someone walked past and is like, Oh, you don't do it like that. And you can see everyone gets so frustrated so fast, and they're just like, I've Been here three days, and I've been to- doing the same job, and I've been told six different times how to make this thing. <laughs> um, it just happens it's inevitable it's going to happen you can have a recipe and you can follow it you can even literally write exactly every single thing you should do but people still interpret everything differently and so I'll always say hear it all and then try it but figure out what works for you um, and you will start to realize you know why they did that or why they did that but it's it is one of the most challenging things and it's Continual throughout my career that I've always had but six different people have told me that and I don't even know what I'm doing now I'm like okay what was the end product what do you need okay and which which way did you like seeing it done or which felt more comfortable to you go with that and then just say if someone says say, thank you I'm like, just still trying to learn you know but it's it's really hard coming in and I, I, mm. I've felt it myself and I've seen it many many times but yeah, it's giving that time for new people to settle in and kind of adjust and it is it's a lot, very, very fast and then you have that in the morning and then suddenly you're on show, you've got customers in the restaurant and, you know, you need to be there, you need to be able to perform and you're like, okay, I don't have all of that but speak up, it's like one of those things that we don't do enough and, yeah, there's obviously a time but if you're not confident, find out the answer, you know, find someone who you can go to and you can ask and you can speak to and say, Okay, I don't think I get this or I think I'm struggling, like I need someone to come in because it's much better if you raise that attention then when you've got a couple of things going backwards or not going the right way then if you let it go downhill and it goes downhill quite fast if you're really busy and then you turn around and suddenly like nothing is coming out of the kitchen. The person on the pass is gonna get frustrated, but, you know, it's classic one of like someone knows they've got three of something left they don't tell you until they're like oh I've got nothing like okay say that say right I've got five left and keep telling them keep telling that person in front like okay I've only got this or this is going to happen soon that communication they know they can manage it also it's not your problem (laughs) you know you've passed on the information and you've given as much as you can as regularly as can then they knew that they needed to manage the front of house in terms of letting them know it. If you if you don't tell it and you try and suffer in silence in the back, speak up. Learn ways to communicate. And see who who you work with as well. That you like their style of how they speak, or you know what kind of information they pass on. You don't need to all the time tell a huge long. I've got this because I only have that. You're just like I've got this. Like everything's like quick and punctual and has purpose. Um, is something i'd always say is a really really good thing to have in the kitchen in front of house to be honest
1: How did you move up to being in a management role talking about speaking up and everything and did you did you move up to management role by job hopping or did you do it within
0: companies? no within i i mean I stayed at dinner for eight years and so I went in as demi and then yeah i think within a year and a half or so senior zoo. And then, oh, yeah, no, Junior, Junior Sue, I think, yeah, within like three years of being there. And then was Sue Chef for quite a few years because I had pastry was there for a long time. But no, it was very much natural progression and it was, it was never asking for it. It was just coming in and knowing what needed to be done and recognizing what the people above me were doing to then start to, follow that and start to do that and naturally just take on a little bit more and yeah I mean most of it is about being organized and following the system they had there or seeing how we could improve it and you know coming in working well working tidily working well with everybody in my team and naturally you know you're someone then that other people come to and ask for advice and so yeah it was very much a natural in progression in terms of the output that I was giving so, you found that just observing
1: people above, especially observing people above you and what they did, and almost mirroring that yeah, would be a useful thing to yeah. do
0: because then, even if I didn 't progress there and I moved on i and you know then you would move into another role you you can see what they're they're trying to achieve too, and so it's not never really like the first three months were very very hard, I think I screwed up everything I was on ice cream section i. Honestly, anything you can do wrong with an ice cream, (laughs) I did wrong with an ice cream. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say they were my happiest three months. It was really hard. Kind of what we were going on to, I found it really hard coming into it. And um, just settling into the team, it was a very quiet focus. There was only used to be three of us upstairs, but gradually got like four or five of us. So, yeah, it was... I didn't. I wasn't confident in what I was doing, and I didn't feel like I could talk to the person on who was leading the kitchen. And yeah, so it felt quite isolating. And yeah, the first, yeah, definitely three, three months were. I wasn't sure how I felt about it, and hated going in. Hated everything, <laughs> literally screwing mm-hmm. up. Um, and so, that feeling is something I never ever want anyone to feel. And that's probably driven a lot of why I manage the way that I manage.
1: What was your, not where has taught you the most, but
0: where have you enjoyed working the most? And why do you think that is? Um, I would say Fallow. It was intense and there was so much happening so fast. We were in the buzz of it, you know. You started and it was amazing. No one knew of us, and then suddenly, we're, well, they knew of where we were on Heddon Street, and so there was already a little bit of this, like, "What are we doing next?" And suddenly, we opened the doors and had had these unbelievable chefs sitting in every day, and more and more people coming, more and more amazing views, reviews. So you were part
1: of the opening team. Yeah. At oh, okay. So, and
0: how how long ago was that? Uh, so coming up to two years. Yeah, two years. Mm-hmm. So I started in September. And then we opened in early November, so I think, yeah, it was September and October were pretty much, my main role was moving Head and Street closed at the end of September, so we had a month where we had the old site still running, and the new site, we were in, and we were starting to look at the kitchen and changing all of that, but I mean, it was... Two months from having keys to getting in and opening the door. So a very, very quick, intense turnaround. And so there was never a quiet day. Every day was, you know, a hundred different things were happening all at one time. And yeah, I, I love those few months getting ready for it. And then when we opened the doors, it was... It was so rewarding to have so much feedback that was personal about the dishes that you put on the menu or you know, how the team was working, or there was a lot of female chefs and people were recognising it and yeah, it was the most rewarding I've ever felt from a job, I'd say. So, yeah, that and the team, it was the best team I've ever worked with and also front and back of house, how they gelled. You know, it's a hard one to get though you're often kitchens in the back so they don't really see them there it was very much open you're involved you can serve the counter and we used to go out and serve also on the floor so there was a lot more interaction with front of house and but it just everyone was had the same goal was striving for the same thing and guests were loving it and the feedback we were getting was fantastic and so yeah you came in just proud of where you worked and what you were doing. Did you design some of the dishes? Yeah, so I've, there was we didn't Did you have design a, the Chelsea Tart. Yes, yeah, so oh, I was Oh need Yeah, I was I was brought in to do it. Will really wanted to do something with reduced Way. And so yeah, that was my first project in that September was basically get that signed off. So just they it was a very small kitchen at Headon Street, so went home and made tarts and then brought them back in and so yeah, we pretty much had that signed off by the end of September and then we made one I think just before going live with it and yeah it's pretty amazing That's actually pretty just amazing. still on the menu yeah and I just made it 150 of portions of it for a wedding last weekend so <laughs> uh, yeah had was cooking reducing a lot of weight in my kitchen which very different to doing it in an uh, in industrial kitchen I'm pretty sure my induction about to pop in at one point <laughs> as I had like 60 litres of whey reducing down so oh my gosh. No, the pastry menu was very much um, some of the ideas that they had and then we obviously with most you know you have chocolate, fruit, those kind of things so we had a core that we were setting out to, we had a soft serving machine that we wanted to use and then yet yeah, through the time it was starting to try and change those and I think from the Chelsea Tartars obviously not going anywhere and it's an amazing dish and yes something I've really really was proud that we could get that final one but I think for me the um we did a mushroom dessert and there obviously uh, being in the kitchen most of service I did in the beginning I was on pastry And then I was doing half pastry, half on the pass. And so then I had a little bit more exposure to actually what we were prepping savoury side. So started to see where we were actually having byproducts of what we were doing, which is the whole concept of our restaurant. So, you know, you're, you're thinking about it all the time about, right, what do we need to do or what can we use that bit for? And so I was in the kitchen seeing more of the savoury items and how they could be used and then trying to use it in the dessert. So it's where we had the pumpkin souffle with ginger ice cream was from all of the trimmings from the pumpkin and the puree that we had from making one of the uh, pumpkin skewer dishes and so it was I was seeing that and then thinking how can I put it into the pastry side of it which was a really really interesting way to develop and so the mushroom dish Jack really wanted truffles on a dessert, and then Will absolutely loves his mushrooms. We obviously have the mushroom house and where we grow them in house. We'd use the top bit on the dish, and then the bottom bit we would cook down and make a mushroom stock, and then add that in the stock in when we made a dry caramel. And so, this entire caramel. So, basically, add the sugar in to the pan very slowly get a really lovely color and then add in this stock and you get this deep rich caramel sauce Uh, but it's basically feeding have a little bit of sugar 100 grams feed in another 100 grams feed in and so you're basically one batch of sugar is cooking off the other batch of sugar okay so a bit more intense and uh yeah finish it off with this mushroom stock and then you make we set that into a gel but a really intense flavor with a chocolate mousse salted caramel and then these fresh mushrooms on top mushroom powder from the other mushrooms that we had dried and then serve with a truffle ice cream and that for me was like this dish that i don't think i ever would really thought about before working so much with the savoury stuff and it was really much like right I want to give a dish that they both would love to see on the menu and that was one that was I mean very much like Marmite so you know a few negative comments in there but it was just a really interesting dish and very um yeah having feedback on that was probably that was the one I was like most proud of even though Chelsea tart has gone so far and wide that was the one that was just kind of came from seeing what we could do with what we had Um, and yeah it was amazing to get the pastry dishes going on and that working and then also be in the kitchen and be running that and have you know a strong team behind you so yeah very very good place to be.
1: Do you think you're going to, do you miss the creative side of making the actual dishes Uh, yes
0: yes and no Um, but then I still have some other things on the side to still do a bit of private chef work so I kind of get that from there and then I see now being creative and organizing Mm -hmm. as like that's what I love so I don't miss it so much also you know I enjoy cooking more at home and having that kind of time whereas that was something with days off and things you you went out more you know because you're always cooking and so actually having a little bit more time at home and wanting to cook at home has been really nice
1: yeah I found that lots of chefs I've asked have said I've asked oh what do you cook at home and they say not really that much because I'm so tired
0: (laughs) yeah also you want to go out and try different things yeah and so yeah it was got pretty bad lockdown cooked locked but uh yeah (laughs) No, it's nice to actually have a bit more time and be doing more of that at home. And then, like I said, there's a few things that still have Private Chef going on as well. So have that creativity and that side of it. And then with Preserve, it's more about um, organisation and stuff. Well, what do you think you're
1: going to do next? Like, what do you think... Do you think you're going to keep on doing Private
0: chefing and also your company? Do you think it... Um, will be sustainable to do that yeah, yeah I mean really it's kind of like instead of picking up a consultancy one pick up that for a couple of weeks yeah. um, and you know there's peak times that those are anyway it's kind of summer and Christmas so it works mm. out quite well and they're often when restaurants are busiest oh, Yeah. so, they so really they're not going to have the... me in so actually the two together work really well um, ideally yeah Preserve will go and I it won't be to have the time to do that and yeah, I foresee it being a very long project and it's not something just kind of, this is what I'm doing now. I really do think that our industry could have something like me to try and help. And, you know, there's a lot I still want to learn and I'd love to do a coaching course, just to have a little bit more of that fundamental to be able to impart that on and make sure that our industry is growing and evolving as it needs to be not just in food on the plate but in the back of how we manage and work as a team and manage people and all of those kind of things I think there needs to be more of it and yeah just very very hopeful of where it's going it's it's very exciting nerve-wracking but very very exciting because I know that there's a lot of places that I could try and help so yeah
1: definitely a lot of room for growth because I feel like not many people think about that lots of people are stuck in old ways that just need to be changed yeah definitely yeah thank you so much my pleasure it's been so nice to have someone well first off you're the first woman i've had on the podcast which is exciting <laughs> so,
0: yeah <laughs> happens a lot
1: yeah it, i can't believe how many people are, are men i just haven't been able to really find that many girls i asked one and she didn't want to do it but i'm pleased that you have well, I love to chat,
0: so... <laughs> <laughs> Good. Thank you so much. Anytime. Thank you very much.
1: Ever since my conversation with Anna, it has really broadened my perspective on hospitality and the wider food industry. I already knew I loved it. The restaurant buzz, the sticky moments when three new tables sit in your section and two tables need a wine top up. But Anna really laid out the fundamentals that restaurants rely on, and it's really a team effort. But that team needs excellent management, both back and front of house. I hope you all enjoyed the podcast, and I hope to see you again soon.